You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. From Mamma Mia, welcome to The Spill, your daily pop culture fix. Hi, I'm Laura Brodnick. And I'm Key Reese and sweet angel Laura. We've had a few more New South Wales cases, so it doesn't look like you're going to be coming back anytime soon. Nobody, which is good for you since she continues stealing my mail. Another <laughs> staff member has moved into my desk. I feel like the Mamma Mia team is actually sabotaging my return. But anyway, that's a whole different podcast that I'm going to start on the sly, you know. <laughs> well, at least it's Friday. Yes, that is true. And because it is Friday, that means it is Weekend Watch and we have got two amazing shows that you must watch this weekend. But first, the entertainment news headlines of the day. I have news. What's the hot gas? I want more headlines. Australian TV host Kerry-Anne Kennelly is making a comeback. So just two months after she was axed from Network 10 and her role on Studio 10, the 67-year-old has landed a gig, but it's not on TV. In a major career pivot, Kerry-Anne announced yesterday that she will be trading in television for the big stage, playing Birth in the upcoming production of Pippin. According to her friend, who is also the morning show entertainment editor, Peter Ford, Kerry-Anne will only be in one scene, but it is a show-stopping number that apparently involves some dangerous tips and tricks. He revealed that she's been training at a circus school to prepare, and I really can't wait to see how she goes. So Pippin opens in November at the Lyric theatre here in Sydney. We will report back, hopefully. Laura Brodnick, you'll be back and we can go together maybe. Look, you know, I'm the queen of musical theatre. Pippin is my actual least favourite show, so you might be on your own for that one. Oh, burn. After its record-breaking streak of Emmy wins, Schitt's Creek is in the headlines again, but this time for a whole different reason. So Dan Levy, who is the star, the co-creator and the executive producer of the show, has publicly called out Comedy Central India for editing out a kissing scene between two male characters on the show. Levy tweeted that the censorship made a harmful statement against the show's message, which is all around the power of inclusivity. Comedy Central International have now responded to the criticism, which picked up a lot of traction on social media, claiming that the kiss was in fact aired during the episode and was only edited out of the promos. They said this was due to Indian broadcasting codes that deemed the kissing scene not family friendly because it was long and passionate, not because it was between two men. But so many networks have a really long and shameful history of censoring LGBTQI content in a way that never happens with same-sex couples. So I really understood Dan's response here. But anyway, for anyone in Australia, you can go and watch all the kissing you want on Schitt's Creek because all seasons are on Netflix. Australian author and CEO of Australian skincare brand GoTo, Zoe Foster-Blake, took to Instagram on her brand page yesterday to announce that she will be discontinuing two of her cult products. That is Zincredible Tinted and the Pinky Nudie Lips product. She clarified that the announcement was in a move to promote equality and inclusion and to align with her recent public commitment on the matter. She also announced that there will be a new inclusive product that will be dropping, fingers crossed, in late 2021. 
And I thought this was really interesting coming out from her. There's been a lot of change happening in the Australian beauty industry at the moment and a lot of calls for brands to be more inclusive. So I really think it's great that they're taking the move to do this. I did have also another thought on it too that it might be a bit of a strategic move because I know the go-to brand have been pushing really hard on the US market and with everything going on there and the larger representation of darker skin types, I think it's also a really smart business move on her behalf to develop some more products that are a little bit more inclusive. Yeah, that is so interesting when you pointed out this morning that it was a strategic move for the American market because that's what everyone's been trying to get through to these businesses, not just beauty businesses, but fashion and just media companies, that inclusivity is not just about doing the right thing, which should be reason enough, but it's also about expanding your market. It's about making money and the more products you have. I mean, look at Rihanna's Fenty line about how inclusive that is and how it's tapping into sales and marketing that no other beauty company has done before with their reigns of shades. And now the money she makes from that far surpasses the money she's made from music. So the dollars are there. You just have to go after them. I finished my work week on my couch. Ordered some food. It's time for week and watch. Our recommendations of what to watch this weekend. All right, Entertainment Queen, you are first up. What is your weekend watch? So, Key Reese, I know that you are quite terrified of any kind of horror movie, scary oh, shows. You're just a big old scaredy cat, so you might want to cover your ears for this one because I'm talking about The Haunting of Bly Manor, which comes out on Netflix today. So exciting because remember we talked about the teaser trailer yes. when it first dropped a little while ago and you were scared then and you're going to be scared now. <laughs> the people here... They're born here. They die here. So The Haunting of Bly Manor is the follow-up to Netflix's like smash series, The Haunting of Hill House, which was both critically acclaimed and a huge fan favourite. But it's kind of taking on a bit more of an anthology look this time. So it's not a direct sequel. Instead, it's the same, a lot of the same cast and the same creative crew, but they're telling a whole different story. So with Bly Manor, it takes place in 1987 and it kicks off when Danny, Victoria Pedretti, who played Nell in The Haunting of Hill House, goes to interview British barrister Henry Wingrave about a live-in tutoring job for his orphaned niece and nephew at his manor house in the country, which I feel like is your first mistake. Like if you're going to move <laughs> to a creepy deserted mansion with two tiny children who look like ghosts, look evil, people keep disappearing, there's an odd vibe yet she still works there. I mean, that all gets explained later, but it kind of just, yeah, you can kind of see where this is going. So it's actually based on the 1998 horror novella, The Turn of the Screw by Henry James, which is just such an amazing book. And it's got plenty of jump scares, plenty of ghoulish appearances, and definitely kind of lives up to the fear factor from The Haunting of Hill House. But I don't know if this will make you want to watch it even more, Key, but um, it's not quite as scary as the original. It's actually a little bit more of a love story, I would say, than a straight up kind of horror. Okay, well... I'm still not there yet, but um, <laughs> I maybe you should one watch day. It. You should watch it and then film your reaction and put it in the Spillers group. I just think <laughs> that would be so funny because watching you be scared. Remember we went and saw that amazing Kristen Stewart movie Underwater oh and you were like God. literally on the floor of the cinema with <laughs> your face covered and that was the happiest I've ever been in my life is oh watching you God. that scared. So it I feel like this so would have scary. a similar 
situation. <laughs> anyway, so The Haunting of Bly Manor, it's out on Netflix tonight. It's eight episodes, I believe. It's a really great binge watch. It's just really evocative. The sets are beautiful. It's kind of got this eerie, old school feel to it. And it's just a really good, scary time. All right. Well, uh, we'll see about that. <laughs> <laughs> on to mine. Mine is called Utopia and it's on Amazon Prime Video. It came out about two weeks ago, but I don't know if it got picked up at a lot of places because I haven't seen a lot of writing around it. So it's a cult conspiracy drama and it's actually a remake of a UK series by the same name that went for two seasons. And a lot of people were really miffed when it got taken off the air in the UK. So there is quite a big fan base for the series. Also not to be confused with the Australian drama series Utopia because a lot of people are getting that mixed up. Yes, that's what I thought you meant when you messaged me about this show. And I was like, Kate, get on the ball. That show has been around for ages. But now I understand what you were talking about. No, no, no. So this is Amazon Prime's US remake. And it was written by Gillian Flynn, who also wrote Gone Girl and Sharp Objects. So that kind of gives you a bit of an idea of the tone, like dense plot line and heaps of twists. So Utopia is a mysterious unpublished graphic novel that was unwittingly discovered by a couple. The couple realized that the novel is actually a sequel to cult novel dystopia and they figure they're going to try and make a quick buck so they try and sell it. So at the centre of the story are Becky, Ian, Grant and Wilson Wilson and they become online friends through their shared obsession with Dystopia, the first comic book, and also their shared belief that the series has predicted a number of deadly virus outbreaks in recent years. I'm the foremost expert on this virus. Jesus. It's a pretty serious situation. You bet your ass it's a serious situation. The Stearns flu has now been declared a national pandemic. This is our undoing. It's a bit meta because it revolves around a pandemic and we are currently in one, but don't let that deter you. So the sale of the sequel leads them to all meet in person for the first time. But they aren't the only ones who are looking to purchase a book. So there's also other like nerdy comic guys and gals who are obsessed with the series. But there's also some murdery people who are after the series and will stop at nothing to erase the existence of the materials. Why? Well, you're going to have to watch the series because I'm not going to tell you right now. But a bit of a warning, it is quite violent. It's almost quite Kill Billish in the way that it does the killing. So it's artsy killings, but still killings nevertheless. What I liked about it was that the group at the centre were, well, I guess you could classify them as nerdies, but a bit of like a mixed bag of what you would expect for a group of friends who met on the internet, who had a shared love and a comic to kind of be like. And I loved that because I just felt like they were kind of like as weird as wonderful and awkward that I feel like deep inside. So, And I, I just didn't feel like there was any of this stereotypes and things that you played into. It was just like a really easy kind of wholesome-ish watch. And I also like that it started off very young adulty, which is my favourite genre as a 32-year-old woman. <laughs> but then it also felt like it was adulty in its, you know, brutal graphic murders. So the big star kind of draw card of the series is John Cusack, who plays this kind of like cult leader, CEO type guy. And it's just really great. I was like, really enjoying it last night and then something happened and you're like, ah! But it's like watchable. It's not too scary. It's more kind of crimey drama, conspiracy than anything. It's eight episodes all together and you can watch it now on Amazon Prime Video. Can I say, I love that you'll watch this with the murder and the gore and the killings, but you won't watch something like The Haunting of Blind Matter because <laughs> of tiny childlike ghosts. 
Like, let's just weigh up what's more likely to get you. I don't know. It's the supernatural, the ghosts, the dead. It's like, I don't want to mess with that. You know, Halloween's coming. I don't want to. One time I did a seance and it was just, I was like, never again. I'm you never playing do with that. Dark that magic. will stay with you forever. The key is, as someone who watches horror movies, just tell yourself that you don't believe in ghosts because I have read on good authority that if you don't believe in them, they won't come in. This is a weird turn this podcast has taken. But I do believe in them. That's the All thing. All right, well, then <laughs> you're in a bit of trouble. I know. I can actually see something hovering behind you. Don't. Don't. (laughs) God. All right. Great recommendation. Good times. Well, thank you so much for listening to The Spill today. Always gets a little bit loose on a Friday. I quite like it, though. We have just been loving all of you spillers who have been joining our Facebook group. So continue that. Keep it up. Just search for The Spill on Facebook and we'll gladly accept you. And also, if you have any topics that you want us to cover or perhaps do a deep dive on, you can send it to thespill at mamamia.com.au. This episode of The Spill was produced by Mel Zauer. We'll see you on mamamia.com.au. Bye. Bye. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures.